This is episode number 127 of the Rising Man podcast with Mark Nara. Life is about making your mark for the future generations. Blessings and good rising to you, family. Jetty Azuma here, bringing you another amazing episode of the Rising Man podcast. If this is the first time that you're showing up here in our space, let me introduce myself. I am the host of this podcast and the founder of the Rising Man movement. Our mission is to initiate an entire generation of men, period. That's what we're about. That's why we're here. We believe that this is how we, as men, can make the greatest impact on the future of humanity. And none of it would be possible without the Rising Man community, without the men from all over the world who are gathering to participate in this massive mission. And none of it's possible without creating a culture. So before we engage in the conversation we have today, I want to invite you to become a bigger part of the Rising Man family. Yes, you. I want you to go over to risingman.org right now and find a way to become a bigger part of what we're doing here. If you're a man without a men's circle, you can join our Rising Man Fire Circles because we've got men from all over the world participating and joining up and getting involved with their own men's team. You can get access to your own team, monthly training calls with me, guest presenters, and so much more. If you're looking for more than that, men's initiations, gatherings, and trainings that will prepare you to be the man you've always wanted to be, you can see this and everything else we got going on at risingman.org. Go check it out and see how you can become a bigger part of the movement today. Okay, my guest for today is Mark Nara. Mark has been marking people for a long time now. The first half of his career, he worked in tattoo studios, learning all the technical ins and outs of electric tattooing. Eventually, he realized he had been blind to the reality of the mainstream industry. Clarity came with time and experience, and Mark felt a strong pull towards more traditional ways of tattooing. He learned about ceremony and healing, aspects that have long paralleled tattooing in many cultures. After a decade of tattooing, his practice has become much more than an artistic expression. It is a tool that he uses to help people grow, feel, and record their lives and stories. In this episode, we discuss the concept of record keeping, how the marks on our skin and throughout our bodies are like breadcrumbs for our life story. We talked about initiation and how marking our skin has long been associated with rites of passage and coming of age in numerous human cultures. Mark spoke about the sacred practice of tattooing and how his perspective on a very culturally common practice now has lost some of the traditional intention behind it. We discussed how marking the skin, altering our body's physiology, and other modalities have been used for healing throughout the course of human history. And lastly, how making marks on our skin can remind us of the mark we are making with our lives. Without further ado, Mark Nara. All right, Rising Man family, I got another man here on the show today with what I think is just an awesome conversation to have my brother, Mark Nara, coming in from, you got to tell me the name of the place you're in again. It's the Northern Rivers in New yeah, South Wales it. region. Yeah, the little town's called Maynam, okay. uh, Northern Rivers. Beautiful, man. Well, thanks for being on here today. Uh, you know, obviously, the folks who are listening heard in the bio that about your work and your perspective on sacred tattoo and you know myself being a man who has tattoos and loves and appreciates tattoos and body art i'm really interested to hear about your what you've learned along the way and your perspectives on tattoos and, and something that i think would be valuable for a lot of us to yeah, hear. Awesome, Jetty. So, so thanks thanks for having me yeah man so before it's an honor man it's an honor i know what it takes you have two little children too so to take time away from the family is a big deal 
Well, let's jump in, man. Let me ask you the question I ask everybody who comes on here, and that's what is the difference between a boy and a man? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, firstly, thanks so much, man. It's really good to be having these conversations in spaces where, you know, it is seen for the the usefulness, you know, like tattooing seen as being a useful tool, not just a, a commodity like it is currently. But to answer that, like I was thinking about it last night. It was funny. It came to mind because you do ask everybody before you start, you know, what's that mm-hmm. defining difference between boys and men? My mind kept flicking to that initiatory aspect, you know, whether it's tattooing or anything else, but that that initiation that takes place, you know, and that breaking away from boyhood and then moving into something like manhood, you know, there's that sort of, I think that cut and a lot of older cultures had that as a a structured pathway, you know, but we don't so much have a structured pathway anymore. In fact, it's like missing a lot of the time. So we just, we go from boyhood into being adults without a defining step into manhood. So I'd say initiation is one of the biggest things in whatever form that it, that takes for each person. You know, like for mm-hmm. me, it's definitely becoming a dad. That's been my my initiation into manhood. You know, I didn't even realize yeah. it. Just kind of tripped over the the line and was like, oh, I got to stop all <laughs> of these different things that I was doing. You know, in my life prior to being a father which I would associate with with being a boy, you know, mm. and it, it's not an easy thing, you know, to let go of those parts of yourself, you know, and, and sort of grieve them and then mm. be, yeah, like happy and willing to take on that new role of being a, like a man, you know? Yeah. 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 And I think that part of crossing that threshold is, at least it was for me, was finally choosing someone else instead of myself, putting, putting someone else before before me and, and not only thinking about me I think it, it's easy for people to get confused and say well does that mean that you ignore yourself and, and at least for me my version of being a man is I make sure that my needs are met I do what I need to whether I can meet them myself or I have to make requests to ask people to help me meet my needs but I make sure those needs are met so that I can be of service and be available to my wife my children the men that I serve and my community and that was really a it didn't happen for me on the same level when I got married as it did when I had children. Mm. You know, we had my son about a little over a year after our one year anniversary. And that was like a complete cellular shift in me when he was born. It was like, wow, it's really not about me anymore. I could pretend like I was being all of service to my wife, but I was still making it about me in that first year of marriage. And then he comes into the world and that's what children do, right? As they demand that presence and that support from us. And if we don't do it, no one else is going to. Yeah, completely. They kind of like they push you from being on that inside circle where you don't see anything kind of outside of your perspective too much. They just pop you outside of the mm-hmm. outside of the ring, and you're like you're standing with all of these other elder people looking in, going, "Oh, we got to take care of everything inside that space now." You know, I totally yes. had that experience, yeah. man. Yeah. It, it was like six months probably after my first uh, child was born. Well, I was really sitting there, and I was like, I ended up getting a tattoo to kind of like market you know and and integrate it but i was kind of sitting there and and i was going through a bit of a grieving you know it's like it really caught up with me and i was like wow like these things that i felt like would always be there probably won't anymore and Mm -hmm. all of it was Mm -hmm. was like related to self you know and see i think you're right it's it's definitely this zooming out from yeah being focused on yourself to really having to be part of something bigger than yourself 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and in terms of initiation, which is, as you know, is a topic that I love to talk about, I think that becoming a father is one of those natural initiations that happens in yeah. life. Not everybody becomes a father, so it's not the only initiation, but it's certainly one of those for, I know for a lot of fathers that that happens and your perspective of the world shifts. For some people, it's dramatically. For me, it was almost like 180 degrees. Uh, but but for everyone, when you become a dad and you know that you've got a little child on this earth that you're responsible for, that's a big shift. Similarly to, to getting married and even some other things, like when you when you're finally take over providing for yourself and you're not receiving yeah. financial support from your parents or other people. These are some natural life initiations that some of us go through and some of us yeah, don't. Yeah. But yeah, they're like the natural, like I, I call them like natural timing mechanisms, you know? So definitely like birth of a child, death of a loved one, the things that like you may not experience, but when you do, there's this naturally in built like cog that just like ticks over and changes so many different parts of your perspective and like you said there's definitely something cellular that that moves at that point you know you you transform physically and i'm sure all of the different bodies change you know like that you know psychological state changes like it's it's full on and it's beautiful you know it's a beautiful thing and surprisingly or, or not like that's what a lot of people end up sort of lining their tattoos up with you know they might not see the correlation all the time but usually there's there's something inside us some type of timing around the tattooing that's a transformation you know or an initiation yeah before we started recording you you introduced me to a new term that as soon as you explained it I, I made sense right away the term you use is record keeping in describing tattoos and and why people get them and the, and the function that they serve and as soon as you said that I immediately thought of the different tattoos that I have. I remember exactly where I was when I got them. I remember I can even connect back to who I was, what I was thinking, what was my viewpoint of the world at that point in time. So it's like leaving a bookmarker. You know when you read a book and you really like a page and you just kind of fold the corner of the book over? It's like leaving a bookmark in that chapter of my life that has passed. And I'm sure you have a lot to say about the connection of actually breaking the skin and making a physical connection to where we are mentally, spiritually, and emotionally in that moment, as well as the choice of artwork and how we choose to define and express that that mile marker. It's like leaving a, a very decorative stone on a path to make sure we remember where we went on that on Yeah, that journey. totally. So, totally, Jetty. I mean, like, uh, decorative or not, you know, it could just be a cut. So that's the thing. It's like everything that every marking on your skin is recording information you know so like there's there's two layers of information in every marking in the skin so there's the time like who you were and what was going on that's recorded you know like you said folding a page in a book i love that analogy that's so good i always say they're like Mm. chains in like our memory you know like a chain of memory so each one's like a link in that chain and there is, so there's like the, everything goes, that was going on at the time. If it's a tattoo, you know, you've got the layer of what's within the symbology as well, right? But that, that terminology, record keeping, was introduced to me by a teacher that I had. He's, he's passed away now, but we were sitting in a sweat lodge and at the end of the lodge, he kind of turned to me and was like, you're, you're a record keeper. You know, that's what the role is that you're playing for the people, you know? And it took a while for that to unpack for me. But now, like, I get it. It's like each each marking in the skin is literally a, a doorway to that point in time, you know. 
so like you said when you think about all five of your tattoos you can you can think about what you were doing and what you were feeling and why you got it and all of those different things get recorded and held within your body and they influence how you move forward you know yeah you know, that's that's where they become like i said navigational because they influence your direction so heavily, you know? Yeah. I, I want to come back to that navigational piece in just a second, because that's also very interesting to me. What came to my mind just now is thinking about trauma, because mm. this idea of record keeping and making marks on our skin that connects us back to a time, a memory, a place, a way of being, it also makes me think of, of trauma. And I, I wouldn't call tattooing necessarily a traumatic thing, but the similarities that where if we've gone through a traumatic experience, we can remember the smells, we can remember what it felt like to be there, images that are kind of burned into our memory, sometimes, not always. Do you see some parallels in, in how you explain the way that our, our brain and our body makes memories and why we hold on to certain things like that? Yeah, totally. I mean, like trauma is a funny word. I was using it a lot as well around tattooing. People have different perspectives on, on the language, you know, so I don't use trauma as much, but I guess what happens when you get tattooed and you, and you break the skin is your body starts to go through like a regeneration process or a healing process. So like physically your body starts responding to a traumatic event. You know, it's, you know, your skin's being broken. So all of the cells start responding in that way, you know, like an immune response, you know, and helping, right. helping the body heal physically and and that definitely locks in a whole bunch of different memories yeah well tell me more about that because i'm now i'm fascinated about what things you've learned about how tattooing is is a healing modality because I, I think i could i could appreciate that and make up my own ideas of what that might mean but I, i'm interested in what you've heard of and what you've learned along the way because tattooing goes back i mean how many what's what's the history of tattooing man I mean, millennia? Yeah, yeah, I think. <laughs> Hundreds of yeah, millennia? I, I don't think we could fully go back and, and know. Like, we have our known history, which I, I think the oldest record we have is about, uh, like, physical skin that's tattooed and being preserved is about five and a half thousand years. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you have, like, different stone works that have figures with markings on them that are, are much older. I, I think people have been marking themselves since we've been around, you know, like I'd, I'd say it's millennia. Every, sure. every culture on the planet has been marking the skin in one way or another. So it's mm. always been there. It's very natural. You know, I always say like we were born with a bare skin for a reason so that as we grow up. Yeah, like yeah, a blank canvas? Completely. Completely. But as a healing modality, you know, healing is one of those things too. It's like, well, what's, what's healing? What do you mean by healing? You know, are we, are we broken? Do we need to heal? But I like to look at it in that way of, like I said, regeneration more than anything, you know, regeneration and moving towards like uh, the highest version of ourselves, you know, the best version of ourselves, the most aware and expanded and connected to everything. And I would say going through the different stages of life and being witnessed and recognized by you know, not only yourself, but by the creator and by the community around you is, is healing because it starts to give you a healthy sense of identity and place in the world. So there's, there's healing happening on that level. Tattoos, they, they also like beliefs that the death of reason, right? So I've seen like tattoos be used in like really acute therapeutic ways too, to heal like actual ailments, whether that's like skin diseases. That teacher I was telling you about, he, he used to like do things like cut 
do cuts and rub rub in like red ochres, which were like really high in iron to give people like an iron injection if they were like, uh, uh, is it anemic where they have low iron? Yep. So there's all these different layers where you could you could actually use it like medicinally as a do- doctor, and I'm sure. sure they did in the past. You know that old example, that five and a half thousand year old mummy that we have. It was a body found in the Alps in the border of Italy and Austria, and there was like fifty plus tattoos. You know, and they're all these like little lines, like small centimeter long lines or incisions over the body and they reckon 80% land on acupuncture points, hmm. you know, and they're like, they're around the elbows wow. and the hips and the wrist. So they think that that particular person was using their markings medicinally as well. And the technique being quite different sure. to like most probably some type of cut or incision and putting a herbal material in and burning similar to like moxibustion mm. to make a more carbon element and have it stored in the skin so yeah wow man there's there's a lot there in terms of healing a lot of layers to it yeah and and i'm particularly interested in how you speak of tattooing as a as a navigational tool you use the word compass which is a word that i love and and a reference that i allude a lot to here so what's your perspective on that How how do tattoos serve as a navigational tool for us yeah i mean well if we if we draw on that record keeping idea you're locking in all of the different reasons for getting tattooed, you know, locking in all the different insights that have like motivated you to mark your skin in the first place. And if you're like, if you're coming into the tattoo from that place of, um, you know, being really conscious of your own development in the process of marking yourself, then they're going to be like a, a weight that sort of helps guide you or, or steers that rudder of the ship, so to speak, you know, because you'll always be aware of them physically by seeing them. Like I say, old tattoos have a, have a bit of a life force of their own, you know. I've kind of experienced it and seen it with people that I work with, so I really believe it. And, you know, you, you become very aware of them at points in time where they're relevant, depending on what intention you're putting into that tattoo. You know, you almost like magnetize them or, or you program them in a way. So you're wearing something that, that is alive. It's part of like your, your circuit, you know, your, your bodily circuits. And it aids you in that way of like helping you give direction around decisions that you're making. And, and even in more subtle ways, you know, it's like, it's going to be interacting with and influencing people that you're having exchanges with if it's something that's visible, you know. So there's all of these different layers around how it influences the steps that you're going to take next. And that's why I, I use the term navigational aid. I've kind of kind of drawn on that quite heavily since looking at the language of, of past cultures. So a lot of Polynesian cultures, the language they use for tattoo isn't the same word we do. I think it's the Philippines particularly. They, they use navigational language to refer to their tattoos. Hmm. Like what? Specifically, yeah, like, uh, like I navigational mean, in, language. in English, we would, we would translate as things like navigational aid, you know, or to guide, but they'll have a word within their, their own language. And they'll, they'll use that word when they're talking about tattoos. You know, they won't, they won't say tattoo. They'll say the navigational aid or, you know, that thing that guides. Which you know yeah. gives gives yeah. big insights, well, can, right, into how they use it for sure. And you know, I, I spoke to you a little bit before we started recording, and 
the first tattoo that I ever got was on my 17th birthday, which is the first time that you can get a tattoo when where I, at least where I grew up in New Jersey on the East coast outside of New York. Um, you had to be 17 years old or was I 18? No, I was 17. Cause I, you, if you were 17, you had to have a parent come with you and sign off. Like I'm, a, I'm allowing yeah. this to happen. 18, you could do whatever you want. But on my 17th birthday, I knew that I wanted that to happen. My mom came with me to like sign off on it. But because it was the first time that I was making a choice around my body like that, it was very empowering. I, I remember the meaning behind the tattoo was very important to me in itself, the symbology, like you said, but more important to me was the act of making a choice about my body, about marking myself with something that mattered to me. My dad doesn't have any tattoos. My mom has a bunch. She's got more than I do, but my dad didn't have any. So he wasn't really keen on the idea, but he wasn't, he, it was a point where he wasn't really going to have mm-hmm. a say. I was going to do what I wanted. So it was a really empowering moment for me, especially at 17 years old. I hadn't done many things of my own conscious choice to that magnitude up to that point. So back to that idea of an initiation of really like a rite of passage was, was huge. And the, the, what I got tattooed on my back is, is some Japanese kanji and it's, you know, symbols that really mean something to me. Obviously my, my dad is Japanese. And so that side of my family has importance, but even just like thinking about where I was in that moment in time, remembering where I was in my life and, and the things that mattered to me then, it's just such a great reminder of, like you said, like a, like a, like a bookmark or, or what was your reference to it? You call it like, oh, a chain, like yeah, a link yeah. in the chain. Yeah, that's so cool. I was, yeah, was going to ask what your first tattoo was. And I also wanted, I was going to ask what your background was. So there you are, they're both in it. What was the country <laughs> that you ended up getting? So it was, it was five characters that meant three words. The first one is eternity mm-hmm. and the second one is strength and the last one is fate. Mm. This was a time when a lot of people were getting Chinese and Japanese characters on their body, especially New Jersey, New York. It was like, just like, I guess like a fad, yeah, yeah. you know? And I guess at that point in my life, I was like, well, I actually have some Japanese lineage and, and these are words that mean something to me. So I put a lot of thought into what words I wanted. Cause a lot of people get like strength and love and destiny and things like that. So uh, those words carried a lot of meaning for me about how I, how I already was in my life and who I wanted to be how I wanted to be in the world. So something really to live into more so than how I already saw myself. Yeah, I would say you're doing a pretty good job too. You're doing good, man. <laughs> Thanks, man. But you see how, how beautiful is that? It's like you think back to that first marking where you cross that threshold and, you know, that's the nature of your first tattoo. Like so much mm. thought. You don't have the same sort of depth of thought going into a marking after that first one. It's really a big moment, you know. And like if, you, if we think of your, your tattoo, those kanji and those words that they're representing and then you've carried that through like how long ago was that i'm going to be 33 in august so almost 16 years yeah like that's definitely been working subtly in the background you know moving you towards where you're at that's really nice no doubt man yeah it's it's a cool thing to reflect upon because it's also it's on my back right shoulder So I actually don't see it very often. You know, I I remember I was, I remember being very conscious of it when I first got it, maybe the first year, two years. And I got my second tattoo when I was 19 years old. So once that one came into my existence, my way of being, it took a little bit of the mystique away from just having that one. So it's, it's one now that I don't see very often. So I don't, when I do catch a glimpse of it, it, it immediately brings me back to that. Checking in with what you said, it's it's interesting to reflect on how I have lived in, into that over the years. And I don't think about that very often. 
Yeah, that's one of the, the really cool phenomena with tattooing is like you do forget they're there, you know, and the, like the more heavily tattooed you get, it's like the more you forget that you're tattooed, you know. It's, it's really profound, but it's like they just get absorbed into your, your being, you know, they're part of you. Like when they first get put there and you're very aware of them, it's like it's more because they're still kind of separate to you, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I said, they're alive. They've got their whole own energy going on that they've been sort of created out of. And a lot of the time we're not fully aligned with it yet, you know. And then you get to this point where it's like, that's you. You wouldn't even know you without it anymore. No one else would. And it's like you kind of, that equilibrium sort of takes place. It's really beautiful. It's yeah. cool. So is that part of the integration piece? Yeah. Because you also said integration. So maybe speak a little bit about that, about what it means to integrate or incorporate a tattoo. Yeah, yeah. Integrating uh, anything like... I think I was I I used it in reference to um like being being a dad and that tattoo that I got and yeah it was it's like it's it's kind of for me when I get tattooed the only person I'm worried about expressing outwardly to is is the creator you know it's like I've moved into that space where it's not about showing anything to anyone else in the world it's more about an act of um you know I'm consciously aware of this particular uh, insight or phase or thing that I'm going through and I'm going to mark it in my skin so that it gets seen by the universe, you know. The universe knows that I'm, I'm very aware of that and moving into it or moving out of it, whatever the, the situation is. You know, you can kind of be catalyzing something or you can be kind of putting the full stop on a process that you've been having. But then the tattoo really helps you embody that you know, integrate it and it does, it sort of becomes part of your cellular structure symbolically, metaphorically. Yeah. But then also like quite tangibly in as like matter of fact, physically, because, you know, like, especially with black tattoos, you know, they're, they're just carbon and water, you know, and we're carbon based life forms made up majority like of water. Right. So when you're, when you're putting carbon into your skin, into that, you know, biggest layer on your body, the biggest organ, and you go through that healing process, that regeneration process, you know, and all the cells kind of pull that carbon away from the surface, absorb it, and then it heals, goes through that like healing matrix process and all the fibers restitch and everything. You've consciously added to your cellular makeup. You literally have, mm-hmm. you know, and then it settles and it's there. So that's, that's the integration piece. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think there's also, cause I know for me is that my context for tattooing has definitely evolved since I was 17 and got my first one. You know, there was, there was definitely still a lot of ego wrapped up in that first tattoo that I got. I just wanted to, I wanted a tattoo. They were cool. It carried all the other things that I said about it too. But over the years, it's, it's migrated closer to what you're describing about the mm-hmm. process of tattooing and why to get those. So there, there's, there is the decorative piece component to tattooing and I know you I know we've talked a lot about the record keeping and and picking things that are very symbolic and meaningful but what about the element of just decorating and adorning our bodies what what is your belief and your perspective on that yeah Yeah. I mean adornment's definitely part of it you know you you want to get tattoos that that look good and make you feel good you know Mm. and that read well it's like it needs to be aesthetically pleasing for like the gaze of anyone reading it for them to see that there's like, I think it kind of, it adds to the significance of a piece too. You know, like if we think of any culture where, you know, 
the the tattooing is part of that culture you know so not not like in the west where we have a we have a tattoo culture but when you have a culture mm-hmm. where tattooing's an embedded part of their culture and it has been for a long time when you see their tattoos and especially their elders that are like heavily tattooed it's like there's a a power that's demanded just by seeing how those tattoos read on them you know and it's like it's definitely part of their regalia you know so there's yeah. that that adornment piece there and it is it's like almost ceremonial to the you know the most essential layer of them you know it's like it's always there they're dressing up their sacred vessel and vehicle and i think it, so adornment's really important i think like there's all of those those aspects to beauty like uh, proportion of parts and symmetry and you know the geometry like the body's like a beautiful piece of geometry so like working with that's really important for sure mm-hmm. but it's i think it's having a nice marriage of the two you know of that intentionality and the adornment that i think is what makes it work so well uh, the phrase that i've been using in the past 12 months to try and really encapsulate the process for people is to be dignified in your beauty so it's not about just being beautiful it's not about like just packing in as much meaning as you can into like a little marking you know it's about both it's like this this marriage of the two it's about really being venerable in the way you wear something you know the way you adorn yourself so. Yeah, man, I, I definitely resonate with that. And just thinking about the different reasons that people would get tattooed and mark their bodies. I know there's some people who get tattooed and there's a context of, do you like it? Like approval seeking, wanting to mm. adorn ourselves for other people, not, not just us. And then there's also another context of getting a tattoo because it means something to me because it, it represents something and, it's, and, it, and it makes me feel more of who I am. I know that that was my experience too, is with the markings on, the bo- on my body, the way I wear my hair, the piercings that I have in my ears, every, every one of those layers that I reclaimed for myself, I felt more powerful. I, I, I also felt like, wow, I, I look good, I feel good. But when I look in the mirror and I, I've made one of those significant changes, I remember when I first got my dreadlocks a couple years ago when I you know, took the shaving on the sides of my head as high as I wanted it to be. All of these things which are very taboo in the line of work that I did before I started podcasting and mentoring dudes, every single one of them felt like I was, I was pushing my boundary farther into the world and I had more space to be me. Mm. And I think that that's a lot, I think that's why a lot of us do things like this. You know, it's, it's a reclamation of power and, and personal authority and integrity. So when you say dignified in our beauty, that, that really resonates with me because that's, that's the feeling. Is this, is, to me, dignity is being able to stand with my chest open and know who I am and look out into the world with my eyes at, at, at eye level, not looking down, not shying away, not becoming small. Do you feel like that's a part of the process of tattooing and adorning ourselves? Yeah, completely. It is. It's like, uh, I am this this version of me i look this way and i'm i'm wearing and and turning up the way i am for a very good reason you know and you don't need anyone else to validate it mm-hmm. you know you know why you're doing it and you know you've gone through that process for yourself already and then you're there so that's like it is it's sort of standing tall shoulders back but not for anyone to look at you in particular it's because that's how you feel 
you know, and that's how you're carrying yourself. That's definitely part of it. You know, and it's, it's funny, like, I think with the adornment side and just looking good and feeling good, it's like, there's nothing wrong with getting a tattoo just because it's beautiful, you know? Mm -hmm. And there's like most artists these days that are working, you know, like they'll spend their life sort of developing their craft and just doing technically beautiful work. And that's all okay too. I just think like collectively the world's moving into a space where those other layers that we're talking about are starting to really come through, you know? Mm. And they've always mm -hmm. been there. It's like you can't get tattooed and then not be layers of information in it. Right. And if you're in a place of like feeling good and getting tattooed and looking good and working towards that, you're probably working on a whole bunch of other pieces in the background, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the The analogy that comes to my mind is as soon as people started talking about organic food, you know, a lot of people started eating organically. But I even if you asked me, do I fully understand the difference between putting really organic food in my body, like on a cellular level? What is the difference that that means compared to GMO food? I wouldn't know. Mm -hmm. So when it comes, you know, with the tattooing process, there's a lot of people that are getting tattoos because they look good, feel good, maybe even can understand a little bit of what you're speaking about. But not really, not really know the deeper level of what we're doing when we're marking ourselves and making these, I guess, records on our bodies. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's the thing. It's like we don't need to know all of the nitty-gritty in and out of all of these things. It's like especially if we're just, you know, coming from that place of integrity and just doing what we feel is right. It's like most of the time these things will line up for us, you know. Mm. Yeah, that's, cool. a, that's another good one there, man. Dropping yeah. gems, dropping yeah, gems. Yeah. Uh, so we already shared my experience. What was your first tattoo? And maybe just tell us a little bit of that story about where you were in your life, what it was about. All yeah, that. my my first tattoo. It's so crazy when you look back at those first tattoos, hey, because you're such a different version of yourself. You really are. I, I say this to a lot of people that have apprehension around getting a tattoo and bring up the reason of, you know, I haven't got tattooed yet because I, I can't think of something that I'm going to like 10 years from now or I'm going to feel the same about 10 years from now. And I'll just say to them, it's like, well, you can't, you can't get anything that you're going to feel exactly the same about because you're always going to grow and change and be a different person, right? You can't hold the same perspective your entire life and it not change. So, yeah, like my first tattoo, I got it in 2008, which was the same year that I did my first tattoo. I was like apprenticing in a, in a studio, like a little biker shop. I didn't have any tattoos yet. I didn't want any tattoos either. Like mm. I had this, uh, this weird thought. That you, I, wanted to, you wanted to give them, but you yeah, didn't want any yeah, for yourself, yeah, yeah. huh? Yeah. Wow. That's pretty in, unique. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's funny. I laugh at it now. But yeah, I was like, obviously coming from a place of ego as well, right? You know, like I wanted to be doing these tattoos. And at that time, like when I reflect on it, I think I was coming from the, a place of it'd be cool to do tattoos, like tattooists are cool, you know. But then I was also too kind of, I don't know, like apprehensive to, to mark myself because uh, all of the different sort of judgment aspects that I had going. So I wanted to tattoo. I didn't want to have any tattoos. My boss at the time was just like not not the nicest guy, you know, at the time. He was like this old ex-biker and you know, drank a lot and whatnot. I was judging him a lot of the time, didn't like him, but he gave me, gave me a go, you know, and when I think back again and bless him, you know, but he was like, you're not allowed to tattoo unless you get one, you know, mm. and mm. what a great like lesson that was for me. So I ended up doing a tattoo on my brother 
he was in jail at the time, not my brother, the boss. The boss was in jail and he's like, uh, if, you, if you want a tattoo, you've got to get one first. So I snuck some gear home and I tattooed my bro. And then the next day I got a tattoo, uh, which was just the date that I did my first tattoo. You know, I needed that sort of like relevance and connection. So it's this little little one in here, like a red mark on my wrist. Yeah. That just says 08. And I can remember like thinking so far ahead, you know, like what are people going to think of this tattoo when they see it and how am I going to feel and blah, blah, blah. And like none of it really has any relevance now. It was it was all very superficial, but it was the catalyst. But it was also a significant, yeah, it was also a significant part of your journey. Right? Totally, I mean, totally. But the thoughts around, uh, you know, the story, I guess, the story that I attached to it, it's very different now. Yeah. Well, that's that's a good reflection for me too, because I can remember thinking what I might feel about my tattoos when I was getting them. And when I, they have, they carry, I, I don't want to say an entirely different meaning, but the meaning has really evolved and transformed over time. I, I like what you said that you can't possibly get something that you'll feel the same way about in the future. That's just not the law of the universe, right? It's constantly changing. We're contracting, expanding everywhere. So we can't possibly be the same person that we are in the future. Our cells are always regenerating. But I think even that, that mindset and what people say is so revealing. Because to me, I just hear a resistance to, to change or, or a fear of changing. I'm afraid that I might change to a point where I don't like this anymore. And that scares me. That, that prevents me from doing something for myself. That's, that's a totally, really revealing thing. Totally. And that, I think that's one of the most beautiful teachings within tattooing. And so I kind of always like try and like poke around that that thought process with people and and expose it a little bit it's because yeah that letting go and just accepting of like just being accepting of life yeah and of changes is like such a big teaching in tattooing you know letting go of the perfectionism is massive it's it's a huge part of it and and i love it i love when people get cracked open with tattooing in that way you know when things aren't exactly what they want it to be you know it sounds kind of a bit a bit mean or that i'm getting pleasure out of people's pain but i don't i'm not coming from that angle it's just like i know when people are challenged with tattooing it it's usually a like quite a long process the challenge with tattooing coming to terms with things like not being exactly what they want or them changing or having to readdress an old tattoo that they have you know i do a lot of like cover-ups and reworks for people but that process of really having to like surrender and let go and you know just just appreciate the the journey the tattoo takes them on is is the biggest part of it you know it really is yeah yeah since you mentioned that it just piqued my curiosity what is your perspective on reworking a tattoo or covering up a tattoo because i know that that is something a lot of people think about and consider yeah, I mean, it's quite a normal part of a, like a bigger tattoo process, you know. So I kind of put everyone into sort of this like uh, a bit more zoomed out umbrella perspective of like when you get born, you get your first marking. So your umbilical cord gets cut and that's the first provisional healing matrix that leaves a mark on your body, you know, so you get a scar, you know, it's your first marking. And then you go through your life, whether you um, participate in getting tattooed or not, your body sort of gets different markings through different events in life until you die. 
So you're on this process of marking your body from when you enter to when you leave. You know, everyone's in that place. So everyone's in on a lifelong journey. It takes a lifetime to receive like a full body's worth of tattoos. And in that process, especially with tattooing, you know, as you grow and evolve, it's like it is, it's quite normal to want to readdress tattoos or, you know, reflect on a tattoo that maybe isn't aligned with the the current version of yourself or, you know, the real common one. You've got a tattoo that's for a, a past lover or partner that, you know, you're not with anymore. So I think it's a normal thing to address those tattoos. And I think it's an important part of the accepting piece as well, you know, like looking at it and being coming coming into the cover-up or the rework, not from a place of I regret anything, but like I acknowledge that that time and space and version of myself and I don't want to carry that anymore, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. want to carry that anymore. I can sort of let go of that now. So if you think of the tattoo as like holding that record or that program, you know, and being a doorway or a gateway to that point in time, you know, like it's your access point to that point in time. So from the time you're in now, when you rework it or when you, when you cover it, you can reach back into that sort of layer of information, that past layer of information and, and sort of write a new layer, you know, coming from this mm-hmm. time that addresses it from a place of like empathy and understanding and, and add a whole new context to that point. So you look like add a layer of programming. And I think it's it's a really powerful part of tattooing. I enjoy it. I really enjoy going into old tattoos with people. You know, I'll usually use like um, some type of journeying tool, you know, whether they're just lying there and you sort of take them on a, a guided meditation or, you know, use the drum, drum for them and, and allow them to go back through that tattoo. So if they've got an old tattoo, reactivating, re-traumatizing that point, you know, so break the skin again in the same place and then take their mind back into that time and space. And and they do, they'll see themselves there, you know, they'll see the reasons yeah. that they got it, got it done, but it's the new version of themselves. It's their present version that's evolved and changed and wouldn't be there without that time. And so they can usually, without having to do anything, kind of just happens just by witnessing it from this time, they add all of those new layers to it. Yeah. So, yeah, I think yeah, it's man. a really important process. And usually in time, people will work out which which tattoos or which markings they, uh, they want to readdress. Actually, for myself, this is a good one to share. I haven't told anyone yet, so it's cool that you asked. But I went back into a, a scar that I had on this shoulder a couple of weeks ago and it was uh, a shoulder surgery that I got when I was about 15. Yeah. And it's underneath tattoos. And, and to keep the long story short, I, I realized that there was a bunch of information in that point in time when I was 15 that got locked in through the surgery, you know, uh, it was from playing football and it was kind of the end of me playing football. And that was my whole social circle at the time. And I wanted to be a professional football player, you know, and so there was this like identity loss and not being able to participate in, in my group's activities and all of these things. Yeah. So I ended up like using a surgical scalpel, not anything too crazy, but I kind of I, I recut that same area that had healed up 15 years ago and took myself through a process, you know, so sort of went back and saw myself there in the hospital bed and had a little conversation and readdressed all of those things. 
and allowed myself to understand sort of what had been happening. And that's all just recently healed up, which has been good. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome that you share that, man. You know, just as we start to circle back and wrap all this up, if there's anything I'm taking away from this conversation, it's that there's a whole nother depth to tattooing and, and also as a, as a healing modality that I'll speak that I definitely wasn't appreciating up until this conversation with you, but in hearing you speak about it, it makes so much sense. You know, Mm -hmm. the, from the scientific side of breaking skin and the regenerative process to more of the metaphysical, energetic, spiritual side of, of what we're actually doing and what that represents and symbolizes. It's just really fascinating, really cool. And yeah, man, just, just, and also thinking, remembering that the skin is an organ, that it's, that it's an organ system in our body that functions and does so many processes for us that we take for granted. And so, yeah, man, I'm sure that there are an infinite number of layers that we could go to with this. (laughs) Maybe we will someday if I, if I get to sit down and, and get tattooed by you, maybe we'll go a little bit deeper into the, into the journey, man. But in the interest of time, I wanted to finish up by just asking you some quick rapid fire questions. You up for it? Yeah, I am. I am. Awesome. So what is one thing you've learned in your life that you wish you knew back when you were 18? When I was 18, that concept of things always changing, you know, Mm. that, that cyclical seasonal dynamic. I wasn't very connected to nature. Like even though it's in nature, just our culture isn't as aware of, of those cycles you know so yeah probably just that everything changes and grows and <laughs> never stays the same Nothing lasts forever yeah yeah i hear you man i wish i heard that one too mm. um what do you think is the most important value to have as a man i'd probably say patience yeah i think patience is really important you know with yourself and one. with those around you yeah i don't think anybody's i don't think anybody has chosen that one for that particular question yet no, that's a good one especially a, a fa- being a father to young children being a right? father, yeah <laughs> that's it and uh last but not least man uh how can people follow you find you i know that you're probably not tattooing right now with the with the health restrictions and all that but or maybe you are i don't know but tell us where people can find you to appreciate your work yeah yeah i'm I, i'm not tattooing at the moment we go back next week so that'll be good i've just been taking people through a like a, a tattoo philosophy workshop you know so just schooling people up around receiving tattoos over a, you know, a seven week course which has been great and like just lined up with tattooing stopping I didn't know it was going to stop. I just kind of had that lined up and it was a good little segue. So that's cool. Yeah. But yeah, if people want to have a look at my work or reach out and just have a chat and that type of thing, they can go to my website, which is themarkofnara.com. And my Instagram's the same. It's themarkofnara on Instagram. That course I was talking about, uh, I got a website called tattooswithintention.com. That's that, like the host page for the course. This is the first time I've done that. It's been really good. There's like 30, just under 30 people doing it. And it's been awesome, like a, a real good sharing space for everyone to like reflect on their tattoos, map them out and sort of get, get a bit more focus moving forward with it, which has been great. And I think, yeah, I think that's something I want to focus on more. So like as much as I'm tattooing, if people want to, you know, in Australia or wherever I want to reach out and talk about getting some tattooing done. Awesome. I'll always tattoo, but I'm doing a lot less of it now. You know, maybe like one person a week type of thing, but I'm focusing a lot more on, 
yeah, that educational aspect of the tattooing, even just consulting and guiding people to get tattooed elsewhere, but just to have all of their pieces lined up and in place to to get the most out of it, you know? Yeah. Well, that's great, man. Well, when are you starting another round of that course, that program? I don't know yet, man. There's, there's, there's three weeks left of this. So I'm just going to yeah, wrap it up and, and do a little bit of reflection on it and see how to, to sharpen it and move into the next, next one. But cool. All right, man. Well, we'll, we'll make sure we put the information up there on the website. Cool. So in, in the notes so that everybody can find you and, you know, man, I, I appreciate you coming on here today and giving such a very thorough education on, on tattooing, at least from your perspective. I know for me, I got a tremendous value out of it and it's just making me reflect on the choices and the mark of markings that I've had in my body. And also the ones that I didn't choose, the, the scars, the, mm. the imperfection, all of the things that, that, that mark a memory in my body, man, I'm really taking that away from this conversation and yeah, man, appreciate you making the time and sharing what you have and look forward to tracking more of your journey further down the road. Thanks, Jetty. I, I really appreciate you having me on, mate. And you know, I appreciate all the work you're doing. I said it before we started recording, but like, I think what you're doing with men and the other people that are working in a similar sort of arena, it's one of the most important things that could be doing at the moment for men, you know, and that ripple on effect is just for the community at large, you know, that global community, getting people to sort of really understand who they are and why they're doing what they're doing. So I appreciate everything you're doing. I appreciate you having this platform for conversations like this and the many others that I've listened to and have helped my own development. So thank you for that, bro. And blessings. Yeah. <laughs> Likewise, man. I, I totally received that and blessings right back to you. Look forward to having you on here again. Cool, man. All right, fam. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Such a powerful conversation on something that so many of us partake in. I know that myself, I've had tattoos for the majority of my life. And having this dialogue with Mark really brought on a greater depth and impact of what I'm doing when I mark my body. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. If you want to go over to risingman.org, you can go and check out all the different opportunities we have for you to become a bigger part of the community, whether it's our Rising Man Fire Circles, our Inferno Circles, where we're turning up the heat and you get to be on a team with me, or if you want to come out for our next Compass Initiation, all the information for that is at risingman.org, so go check it out. As always, please subscribe and follow us wherever you're listening to the podcast so that you get the downloads for every episode each and every week and to help keep growing the mission and spreading the message. Please do your part in doing that by sharing it with your community and letting other men know what we're doing here because that's the only way that we're going to grow and really achieve this mission of initiating an entire generation of men. Check us out on Instagram at Rising Man Movement and check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash The Rising Man Movement to check out our videos for our Monday morning meditations and all the other amazing content we're putting out there. Shout outs to my power team, Sean, Rowan, Julian, Ryan, and Mark. Man, especially right now, you guys, you guys already know, but the appreciation I have for you guys and your ability to hold it down, especially while I've been in the midst of a move and a major transition in my life, thank you for letting me lean on you guys appreciate you and I love you guys so much. And all you guys out there listening, thank you for continuing to listen, to follow us, to share the Rising Man message all throughout quarantine and all the crazy things happening in the world. It tells me that our message is penetrating through all of the distracting forces that are out there. So thank you. Thank you for continuing to support however you're continuing to support. And until next time, rise up and claim your destiny.